Welcome to another episode of Embrace the Suck. Here's just a quick PSA. I'm just going to throw this out there. Listen to me. I want you to listen to this entire episode. I want you to take it for what it's worth. I want you to listen to it from beginning to end. And I want your honest, truthful opinion. Why do I say that? Why am I doing this? I've never done this in the beginning of any video. But it was brought to my attention that 40 people, not four, 40 people didn't listen past six minutes. I don't know why. From what I understand, it's because of the way that I started the episode by saying the centurion mindset, by telling people that, in my opinion, there's people out there who are killing it on the duty, and then there's other people that are just making excuses. Listen to me. I believe everyone fails. I believe to the left, to the right, to the up, to the down, every one of us has something to work on. And if you came here just to listen to me bash 8412s, that is not what's going to happen. Why? Because guess what? There's bad COs, there's bad sergeant majors, there's bad 12s, and guess what? There's bad 11s. Why? Because everybody has the potential to be great, but not everybody is. So why did I create the podcast? To discuss Marine Corps recruiting duty as a whole, the bad, the good, the ugly. Why did I create the podcast? To make the duty better. I'm no longer on the duty, but what am I doing? I want to help the current 8411. I want to help the current 8412. I want to help people understand what, what's going on out there from everybody's viewpoint, not only the 8411. So I ask you sincerely, get past the first six minutes, listen to the whole episode. Me and Gunny Weaver talk about a whole bunch of things. We talk about bad climate. We talk about bad training. We talk about lack thereof. We talk about grind, hustle, work ethic. We talk about stupid shit like, hey, if you made more TCs, you would have had eight contracts. Bro, he wrote five. So listen, there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, but I ask that you just listen. And then most importantly, let me know what you think. If you think it's a bad episode, hit me up. Shout out to Gunny Ram for letting me know what he thought and letting me know what everybody else thinks. But here's my thing. Do not comment on something if you didn't listen to the whole thing. Listen to it all. Let me know what you think. Let's talk about it. Let Help help me create better content. Help me help you and help me make the duty better. That's all I ask. Have a good day. All right. Welcome to Simper Sometimes with Benny, the Embrace the Suck podcast. Um, so here I have with us a centurion, um, Mr. Weaver himself. I uh, had him on like a month ago, but unfortunately we had some technical difficulties. So we had to revisit this episode. Um, I'm just going to start this off right now, letting you guys know that when you're doing things virtually, um, Wi-Fi comes into play, internet comes into play. There's so many variables. So if the, if there is static, if there is any kind of issue, I do truly apologize for that. But I can't change that. Um, so if you do hear anything like that, I do apologize. But the story's got to get out there because it's a phenomenal episode. And it's going to be a whole new episode. Um, and, and I went back and I listened to our last episode. So before I even introduce you, 
I went back and I listened to our last episode and I was so bothered by how much background noise there was that I was like, bro, I got to do an episode two and I got to kind of revisit everything because your story, the grind, everything just, it just shows perseverance. Um, you know, seeing you, you know, hearing your story about how you, you know, you, you, you put in for this package as a young corporal, as a corporal about to be a sergeant and you go on this duty. Now you're a gunny. And it's, you know, the story itself is crazy. And especially because, you know, every in a day and age where everybody's making excuses on why they can't make mission, we still have centurions. And and listen, this is not to knock anybody's hard work. This is not to say that right now Marine Corps recruiting duty is not hard. I'm not saying that. So I please hope that everybody doesn't take it as if I'm saying that. But what I am saying and we'll get into this heavily, is that if you have a positive mental attitude, it doesn't negate the fact that shitty stuff happens, but it helps you get through the day. It it helps you, you know, go over that mountain. It helps you see, you know, get to to Mount Everest. Um, And and I think that if we have that mentality, you're going to be a lot better for it in the end. So I definitely want to start off with talking about that. But first and foremost, Gunny, can you introduce yourself to everybody and let them know who you are, where you came from, and and, and we'll get to talking about it. Yeah. Um, so, name's uh, Ezar Weaver, Gunny Weaver. Um, <clears throat> um, I'm originally from. Uh, I, was, I was born in Los Angeles. Lived there until I was about nine. Um, nine to eighteen. Lived in Apple Valley, California. Um, for those of you that know where that is, they know out there in the, in the high desert next to Victorville. Um, uh, pretty barren, pretty, uh, pretty bare, but keeps you out of trouble. <laughs> um, from there, I joined the Marine Corps at 18. Uh, in 2013, uh, July, I shipped out to the, the recruit depot there, uh, MCRD San Diego. Um, went with the aviation contract. So, you know, went to Pensacola, Jacksonville, got stationed in Camp Pendleton. That was my first duty station. Uh, was there up until uh, recruiting duty. I, I re-enlisted with that incentive. Uh, so I re-enlisted with the recruiting duty, did three years of that, 38 months. And then uh, and now I'm here, uh, the gunny. I'm the div chief here at the same shop I was at, um, you know, three years ago uh, wow. in Camp Hamilton again. So, wow. uh, so <laughs> wave top, that's, that's me. That's where I come from and where I'm at now. Gotcha. So, um, so going back to the you deciding that you wanted to go on recruiting duty, I remember you had said the last time when we were talking that a lot of it was that you called your wife and you were like, hey, you know me better than I know myself. What yeah. am I doing? Um, and she was like, you're going on recruiting duty. Um, yeah. So one question that I always kind of had for people like yourself is, do you think it was different for you? Well, clearly you wouldn't know, right? But do you think it was different for you knowing that you had volunteered to go on the duty rather than you were told to go on the duty? Do you think that played a part at all in your in, in the way that you reacted to recruiting duty? Um, so if I were to think back on it now and if I were to be told, you know, over three years ago that – if I was to be told, I'm, like, you are you got selected on the HIST, you're going to recruiting duty, 
like my mentality would be like, well, I know I want to stay in and I'm going to tackle it. Like, so I'm going to do, but my, my positive mindset would definitely not be as high as it was volunteering. Mm. Um, I kind of, I kind of like to be in control of my career. Um, and just like every Marine out there, they know that that hiss is going to come out. They know that the SDA yeah. will find out. Even back in 20, you know, 2017, like do your SDA, the hiss is going to come out. Every Marine in my MOS was getting hissed. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. It felt so much better putting on a reenlistment package, picking the BRC date and just being in somewhat in control. And uh, I think that did honestly make me have a more positive uh, um, out, like, uh, outlook on it going through the whole process rather than being told. Got you. So um, another question that I like to ask, and I know I had asked you and you had a little bit of a funny story about it, but when your first reaction, right, when you when you told your higher ups this, when you told people that, hey, I'm, I'm going on recruiting duty, what was the reaction? Was it, oh, my God, it's the worst duty ever. You're going to hate your life for the next three years. Was it so was there anybody who was like, hey, man. It is what you're going to make it push through, persevere. You'll be good. Like what was the reaction from your senior leadership and stuff? So majority of it was uh negative, you know, the majority of it, or I was talking to like gunnery sergeants at the time and you know, I was asking them and they were like, you're going to hate it. It sucks. You know, do you really want to do that? And I was like, well, yeah, because I was going to go based on my wife's decision. You know, I'm already doing recruiting duty. So I'm just talking to these guys to kind of get like a more of a, confidant of the like answer like okay you guys are saying it's good you know it makes me feel better that i picked it but uh you know four out of the five i spoke to were like it's gonna suck you know you do good one month it doesn't matter the next month if you suck like this and i'm like damn but then there was that one there was one guy that did say hey he just came off too he just came off the duty he was like hey honestly it's what you make of it um you know if you if you suck and cry and you know you just make excuses it's gonna suck um, but if you know that you just got to grind and grind will pay off out there, you'd be all right. So that's the answer that stuck the most. <laughs> Yo, so I'm, I just want to go off this real quick because I just got this. So um, I, I want to say thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast only because, you know, I, I put in a lot of time and effort into this. Um, I have it's probably about 11,000 um, minutes have gone into me going in, you know, putting in 60 somewhat episodes here. And as we're talking right now, I just got a message from somebody saying, Hey, thank, thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for this right now. So I really, I want to thank you for being a part of this Gunny. I want to thank you for taking your time out to be a part of it. And for anybody who's listening, thank you for listening. Um, Because at the end of the day, like I don't get anything out of this. That's not a monetary thing. It's nothing more than like, I'm trying to help the current 8411 on the street. And I'm trying to get you guys, just an in, inside look at what's going on and, and how we can help one another. And especially from people that were successful on the duty, what are some things you did to be successful? So before we get into that, how did it make you feel right? You're, you're, a, you're a, a, you're a corporal about looking at Sergeant and you're, you're going to these senior leaders and you're asking them for advice. And these gunnery sergeants are telling you pretty much, Hey, it's going to suck. Just deal with it. Like, was was that kind of disheartening at all? Like, did it kind of like, did it kind of mess with your head? Did it mess with your psyche? Did it kind of mess with your morale? Like, what was going on in your mind? Because 
the reason why I ask that is, that, and, and we spoke about this before, is that in my mind, the reason why recruiting duty st- stinks as bad as it does is because we create this negative atmosphere on, on our own. Before It's going to suck. It's going to. But if we, it's like, you know, you know that police calling is going to suck. But, like, you don't stand in line and say, hey, everybody, this is going to suck. Like, you don't just, you don't remind everybody every police call that it's going to suck. Like, you just do it. You, 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 you make it through. Like, you know that in Afghanistan or Iraq, you know that when you're going on a combat patrol, it's going to fucking suck. Like, when these things happen, you know they're going to suck. But you don't wake up every day and say, hey, it's going to suck. And then you don't impress upon your junior Marines that it's going to suck because then you're putting this negative mindset in their head that no matter what happens, it's going to suck. No matter what RS you get, no matter what RSS you get, no matter what staff and SUIC you get, no matter what command climate looks like, it's going to suck. So what was your take on this as the receiver from these these senior leaders? Well, you know, honestly, to answer your question, like, yeah, I freaking made me feel like, you know, kind of like depressed about freaking going on recruiting duty. Like at this point, I was already, the package was already submitted. Like I'm doing the duty. Right. And um, like they're telling me this and I freaking thank them for being honest, you know, but like just imagine that, you know, that you're going on that freaking duty for three years and you're hearing this. It really made me think like. Four of these guys are telling me it's going to suck, and the one guy tells me it's going to be what you make it. I think it's going to suck because the majority are saying that. So it all, it all just depends on the type of – not even, I would say, Marine, the type of person you are. Uh, that will make you successful on that on recruiting duty. You know, like the Marine Corps, in my opinion, the Marine Corps amplifies your traits as a, as a human. You Amen. know, right? If you're – if you're good at some things, you'll be freaking better at them. If you're bad and you suck at some things, the wrinkle will amplify them, right? If you always kept your room a freaking mess as a kid, you're going to fucking fail field day all the damn time, right? Um, things like that. So I think uh, what the recruiting doing is shows our true colors. And like what that one guy freaking said, it's what you make it, you know? Yeah. And you're right. I mean, there, there sucks everywhere in the Marine Corps, right? Marines just freaking adjust it. Like I'm here – I'm here at Cap Pendleton now. I'm in the wing. I'm in the middle of like um, kind of in a way baselining the how, how the Marines, you know, um, how they go about th- themselves because I noticed that there's a little bit of comfortability going on. And I asked them straight up. I was like, do you guys think you have a heart here? <laughs> and they they said no. Like, no, Gunny, we have a good here. And I'm like, damn right. You know, it can always be worse. And I'm not telling them like, yeah, you know, go recruiting to see what it's like. But <laughs> – it, anything in life, it is what you make it. If you complain, it'll suck. If you're just like, hey, let's fucking push through this, you'll push through and you'll make it. Mm. So let's talk about the your your experience a, as recruiting, right? So you get how, how was that? How, how was BRC? How was you know your your nine month MOJT? Do you feel that going out there? that you were given the, 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 the needed training? Like, do you feel like you were given what was needed to be successful, to be above the standard? I think I was given enough um, mm. during the nine month, during the nine month eval BRC is BRC, you know, like it's a, it's a framework. I would not, you know, if there's 12s out there watching this, I would just, I would not rely on BRC to be the go-to way to be a recruiter. 
I mean, if you, I mean, if you absolutely can't get a grasp on it, then maybe. But um, I think BRC is a good framework, and you fill it in with your personality, your humor, and the type of person you are, and then that's what makes it you, the recruiter. Yeah. But, um, but for for my nine months, I, I had enough. You know, I had enough training that I needed, and I think my command saw that because they saw early on that I was kind of getting a hang of it, and then when I did my my three months. You know, it was a it was a freaking bare bones three month IOF. Like, look how I do an interview, go to school, all that stuff. And then the six month, they saw how my numbers were looking, and then they kind of like, you know, kind of pulled it back a little bit. Like, okay, let's see what he does just on a day, uh, without us telling him what to do. And they saw him. I had a kid on deck, you know, and I did I did well. And then um, on the nine month, on the certification, like it was it was no questions asked. Like they were just like. I mean, I don't even know. Like the instructor came, and uh, we had just a discussion about like being a certified recruiter. Uh, talked about what it takes and everything. Then we went to Chow, and then I was certified. You know, uh, and I think with a lot of RSs, they are that way. If they see the Marine, you know, it's like he's doing well, he's doing good. Let's not touch it. Let's not let's not do anything. They just let him go in his own way. Um, they'll, they'll just they'll just do that, and thankfully, they did that for me. Because um, they just honestly let me do my own thing, and, and it worked out for both of us at the end. Mm. What was um, what was the stress level like? Like when you, was something that I really haven't talked about was you know with you especially being a centurion, right, writing a hundred contracts. What was the stress level like being on the duty? Like you, you know, like as far as. You know, kind of run us through that, like maps runs, like being like, what was the, the, and even just the beginning, like getting used to it, like with your family adapting and your family not really knowing, like, hey, we went from the Fleet Marine Corps life to now here as as to where now we're going to be without you. Like, what was that like, that transitional period from graduating BRC to getting out on the street and, and that first nine months? Yeah, so that was um, so that was actually a big uh, a big change uh, for my wife and I. Um, we had been a uh, my in laws. I was with her parents. We were living with them um, before I left to Reno to be a recruiter. So we were kind of like not really living on our own, uh, but then we moved completely like eight hours, nine hours away in our own home, just her and I and our dogs. And it was that was an adjustment right off the bat, you know. It was like, wow. It was kind of like a sense of like, uh, so we. It's kind of like this is our new, this is our start, you know. Because yeah. it's just her and I. We bought our homes. It was like our first home we bought, and um, it was kind of like a good feeling, you know. Uh, this is like before I actually hit the streets, so it was a good feeling. And then um, finally, I checked into BRC, and things were going well because we were just selling the new home. And then I go to BRC, and First thing I come into was the the office. Had, I think just missed mission, right? And uh, I was like, okay, I don't really understand what this means yet. Um, yeah. let, me, let me see what's going on here. My replacement, the guy I was replacing, he was still there too. He was there for like a month and a half before he PCSed. Um, so the staff who I see is actually a good buddy of mine. There, uh, he was. I could sense like the freaking anger in him. Like I was like, damn, this fool's mad because we're missing mission. Is it that bad? And then, uh, you know, come to realize later on, like, yeah, but like at the time, I'm like, man, what can I do? What can I do? I I didn't know the the trade yet, you know. I was uh, going to schools, 
I had one kid on deck before like my uh, par week or whatever you go to. That kid never contracted, never became a Marine because a tattoo at the time, the tattoo policy waivers took like freaking six months, you know? Um, So I didn't write my first contract until being there two months in February. Oh, wow. February, I wrote my first one. I got there in in December and um, I got a fucking negative counseling because I wrote one, (laughs) you know? So it was a one. And I was like, so this is how it is. This is how it is. One contract. And I felt like I, you know, worked a lot for that. And I get a negative counseling. Wow. So that's when it was like the first spark of stress. I was like, mm. I like I never in my Marine Corps career, right? I don't think I ever got a freaking negative counseling. Definitely no page 11, 615 is nothing. And I get a negative counseling for writing a one. So that really like made my freaking blood kind of like boil. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hustle. So I, I started, you know, I started hustling, got some EPPCs. I uh, went to the schools, and then I actually wrote a four the following month, right? So I was like, yeah, that's a decent number. So what, what – before you go on, uh, what, what what made you care? Because a lot of Marines, you know, having never received negative paperwork, then coming out on the duty and being expected to do this job, right? I'm, I'm just speaking because this is how people's mindsets are. Um, you know, the excuses compiling in. I don't know how to do this job. Why are you expecting of this of me? All, all this stuff happens. And then some Marines just shut down. Some Marines are like, you know what? I can't be good at this. I can't be good at this. I, I, I'm just going to be bad. And they shut down. You, on the other hand, you get handed a negative counseling for writing a one. And your mindset is, okay, I need to hustle. I need to get into gear. And that leads you to writing your first four. Yeah. Is that now, now what do we think that is? Is it... Is it just the way that Gunny Weaver was brought up in the Marine Corps? Is it the way that Gunny Weaver was brought up in his childhood? Is it the type of person that Gunny Weaver's always been? Like what at well at this time, Sergeant Weaver, what what was going through Sergeant Weaver's mind that you said, I'm going to do this and, and I'm never gonna get another negative person? What what was going on? So it goes back to what I said, you know, like um those traits that you have as a as a person. The Marine Corps just amplifies them and rec- recruiting duty super amplifies them. I'm telling you, like, your true colors will show on that duty. If you somehow made it in the freaking fleet, fucking writing a desk or doing whatever, and you go to recruiting duty, it's going to show that you were freaking lazy, right? Um, so that's what happened. It, it does have something to do with, you know, how I was raised, too. I was, I was raised on the ideology of work for what you get, right? Mm. And nothing's going to be handed to you. Like, work for what you get. And um, I was just going to find any way possible to get the mission, right? I was like, oh, so we need a, we need someone to listen to Marine Corps. How can I do that? And, um, yeah, having negative counseling, I mean, I know for a lot of Marines that never had one and get one, I think it would affect them some kind of way to be like, damn, what do I got to do to not get this again? Yeah. So, so that's what went through my mind, and then that's when I, I started hustling. And, so uh, when, when you say So when you say hustle – what what did what did your day entail? Like, how did you make it? Because because this is something that I really do want to talk about. Because people have this idea that I'm people will say like I don't have anything for tomorrow, right? So your staff and CIC walks in, he says, "Hey, Devil Dog, what do you got for tomorrow?" And then the Marine says nothing, and you know ashes start getting chewed, and and command members start getting involved, or whatever. And then the Marine says, "But I've been working all day long." Define hustle and define work, 
because a lot of times a lot of marines and i'm not i'm not saying that i was never this guy okay so let's not have people come out of the woodwork <laughs> I, I was that guy you know but but i'll be honest i could do nothing all day and still have two for tomorrow like you know i could i could go out and and be with my boys and be on recruiting duty and go walk the streets of the beach and go up and down the boardwalk and and still do that but i still made sure i had two for tomorrow like if gunny was going to call me i was going to yeah gunny i got two for tomorrow and they would show so my my question to you is is that when you got you know knocked into gear what became this quote unquote hustle what did your day to day operation what did your battle rhythm look like Oh, man, this, this is funny, man. Uh, so um, the Marines, even in my in the office right now, they would they would joke about this all the time. Um, and just like we were saying, you know, like you, you really don't got to do anything. You have two for tomorrow. Um, the, the Marines in my office would joke around saying, oh, you know, at the time, you know, Stefan Weaver, he freaking has one interview and he has three contracts come out of it. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it, because of that hustle and with that hustle, it's different for everyone. You know, it's different for every Marine on the on recruiting duty. Um, a day for me. Um, let's start with a day when I first started. Yeah, so yeah, day, definitely. So a day when I first started recruiting duty was very structured, built it in McCris, like everything. So I freaking started zero eight hundred, you know, and I was going based off what the eighty four twelve seven so I see set to do. You know, zero eight thirty, I would start DCing, start DCing the kids of the high school I was going to go to that day. So DC from 0830 to freaking 1000. And then from 1000 to freaking 1100, I will see the graduates from the school that I'm going to go, you know, AC later that day. So I'll do that from 10 to 11. And then from 11, I would go to the school. I would hopefully find or communicate with some of the kids I was DCing with, AC, get maybe two, three AC contacts, come back to, or maybe go AC in that area in the, you know, the little shops and stuff. Come back to the office. It's like 1330, 12, 1400. I'm sitting there like, why the hell do I not have anything? <laughs> you know? Um, and then TC grads, TC seniors, at, you know, starting at about 1600. And then <laughs> TC until freaking 2100. I was waking up parents. You know, it was like 9 p.m. And I would call and be like, hi, is Tim around? Hello. I'm sorry to wake you up. She's like, yeah. And I was like, this is, this is uh, Sergeant Weaver of the Marines. Is Tim there? Bing! Freaking hung up on me. And like, rightfully so, you know? And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this my own thing. So like I said, 12s are going to freaking hate this, but I was, I was systematic in my own kind of way. Yeah. I'll get to work. I'll get to work. We would have a morning meeting. Um, I would do any kind of admin thing I had to do in the morning. Like if I had to get a package ready, go to like a courthouse or do something, just do what I have to do in the morning. I'm not going to DC. I'm not going to TC because if no, it's just a waste of my time. In my opinion, I look at, so hold on a second. Sorry. I've been told you while before you made this assessment. Yeah. Right. When you were making these 2,100 phone calls and you were making these zero eight phone calls, how long did it take you to make this assessment? Like how long had you been doing this when you were like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, change my day up and, and do what I'm what I'm seeing is working. How long was this? Um I'll say about six months in. Okay. So I'm, I want to I want to say that because because the people that are listening, there's gonna be some people who are like, well, did he do it for 90 days to make sure that it worked? 
Like <laughs> that's the point. That's the point. Is that we 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 put these parameters on RSSs and RSs, and we say, hey, you're going to do this at this time on this day for this amount of time. But people forget that it doesn't work like that. Not every O is not every AO is the same. Not every person's the same. You know, not everyone is strong at in the morning or or nine times out of ten. It's like if you really went micric wide and looked at the numbers, how many contacts do you really get before twelve o'clock? Like realistically, like and then you have to think about the amount of man hours that goes into putting. If this was a business, right? Like I don't, I know the Marine Corps is a huge business, but I'm saying like if this was a sales business. And no contacts were ever made between eight and twelve. Do you think they would have the salesmen come in before twelve o'clock? No, they'd be like, "Hey, you know what, bro? We're gonna not pay you for four hours because right now you're doing dick." And, and that's the thing is that like you have, and that's why people get so bent out of shape is, and people forget that like, bro, human beings. I don't want to be talking to anybody at twelve until twelve o'clock. I don't want to be talking to anybody after seven o'clock. I'm a parent. If you call my house, granted, I don't even have a landline, but if I had a landline and you called me past seven o'clock, I'm hanging up on your ass. Like, so the reality of it is, is that if we're going to still make telephone calls, which I believe that we should, because telephone calls still work. But the thing is, is that you have to be a sniper. You can't be using a machine gun. You have to be able to target the right market at the right time. You have to know your market. And what I like about what you said earlier on in the very beginning of this was you were talking about how you were strategic in making your day in your, your day insight on McChris. A lot of Marines don't figure that part out until like a year on the duty, and they don't understand how important it is to actually have a good day insight in a month insight and a week insight and, and a year insight. Like a lot of Marines, they forget that. And I'm gonna, I'll be honest, I, I never, even as a staff in CYC, my month insight was trash. Like I'm not going to say it wasn't. Um, but if I had kept up on it, it would have been a lot better. So you, so the, and the re, like I said, the reason why I wanted to ask you that question was how long did it take you to realize this is because there is, there's a lot of 12s. And not only 12s, but there's a lot of, you know, com- commanding officers, people that or old heads or even just staff and CYCs that instead of trying to lead Marines by example, they just go with these, oh, numbers, 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 numbers. And it's like, bro, listen, if your answer is numbers to everything, I can give you numbers. I can give you empty numbers. You want 100 TCs? I got you. Like, yeah. bro. And, and it's like, but what do you want? Do you want results or do you want numbers? Yeah. So when you realize that, what changed? Yeah, and that brings up a good point, too, because in the months where, you know, I would write a five and I would make like 100 TCs, right? Um, an argument the, you know, the 8412s would make was, you know, if you can make 100 TCs and write a five, then imagine you made 800 TCs. And it's Stop. Like, Don't tell me yeah. someone really said that to you. Yes, yes, bro. And see, that's the problem. Like, that's the problem is because you have this Marine who's writing a five. Right. And that Marine is doing whatever the hell he had to do to write five. Like You ask for two. This guy gave you three more like like and your answer is, oh, hey, well, you would if you would have made clearly that's not true, because if you look at these other Marines, 
that made 300 TCs a day, they weren't, they didn't write you five a month. And, and, and that's the thing is that like, it's not about the quantity. It's the quality. Any, anybody can send TCs down range, but, and that's why when people used to say to me, I used to have Marines say with me all the time. Oh, well, you know, recruiting duties is just luck. You know, you, 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 you made enough phone calls and the guy answered, listen, Recruiting duty is not luck. Okay. There, I will admit there is a little smidge of it. Right. But here's the thing if me and you make the exact same amount of phone calls off the same exact list at the exact same time, right. And we get the, we answer the phone of the same person. Like this is hypothetical because clearly that's not happened. That's not possible. But if me and you speak to the exact same person, but you do not have the quantifiable skill then it doesn't matter how lucky you were. If you do not know how to act, how to do MC3, how to talk, how to speak, if you do not know how to do the job and there's an and there's somebody right in front of you that you can lead to becoming a Marine, if you don't know how to do that, then the amount of luck means nothing. That's the reality of it. it, it luck luck is that does luck is I, I don't believe in luck, period, but do I believe that there are certain things that have to happen, right? Like somebody has to come in your life at the right time. Like there are so many variables. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to do your job, it doesn't matter how lucky you are. You have to put in the work. Exactly. So so when you so and that's why it just it just it grinds my gears because when you hear when when you have 8412s or COs or people that say that stuff. That's why you have those shitbag Marines. They're like, oh, well, look at Weaver, bro. He rolled five and they're still bitching about numbers. Like, yo, there's nothing I can do about it. And so what what kept you like when what was your response to that when they would when they would make that comment? Like, what was your response? Well, I mean, I didn't change. You know, like I I mean they said that. You know, if he if he can do that, and imagine how many how much he can do with these TCs. I'll, I made the argument is like, you see where my time is going. You know how many packages, how many families, how many schools I had to go to for five different people, right? Especially because I was recruiting like freaking kids with. You have to do education verifications. I like go to different schools, fax people this, get medical documents this. Yeah, that's why I was at a hundred TCs in a month, right? Yeah, so. So we're talking about the 8412 community and how people are like, yo, this dude wrote five, but if he made 7,000 TCs, he would have wrote 10. So <laughs> what what's going through your mind? And were you able to voice your opinion about this or or were you not even like, – was it one of those things like, hey, listen, devil dog, or were you able to be like, bro, what, what are we talking about here? Like, like go over my timesheet. Look at my hours. Like you see that I'm I'm clearly not procrastinating. You know, because another thing, like I was about to say before, was, bro, other branches, they they have people who do all of the admin. Like you would just be the dude recruiting, and everybody got they got MEPS drivers, they got package drivers, like, and they get to do all the other stuff. So, like, when you're running five kids, you got travel time, you got edvers, you got package prep, you got all this different stuff going on. And and it's like, bro, on top of all of that, like, 
you want me to keep doing TCs? It's like, bro, I don't have time for that, bro. Like I had, I have workers that gotta work, and then I have bumeds that gotta bumed. So you know, unless my unless my unless my CEO is gonna come and do all my packages, and or unless my staff and CIC is doing all my packages, like you know, what what are we talking about? So what was your your thought process when they were saying that? You know, so I. I didn't see the point of voice in my opinion. It's just going to cause unnecessary turbulence with whatever. Word. So I just, you know, tactfully was like, you know, I'm just not going to change how I do things because obviously what I'm doing is working. And I knew in my head, I knew at the time I knew it was good, like running a five. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, at the time, I don't know if the 12th district still does this, but you're supposed to get a NAM if you write a five, uh, which I never got, by the way. I wrote five fives, never got a NAM for one, but you don't do it for the award, right? Um, so um, from there, I, I just kept doing me, you know. I would just do my, my hustle throughout the day and do exactly what you said. I, I had editors to do. I mean, I was a recruiter in Reno with this freaking match in Sacramento, to a freaking state away, you know. We had, a, we had a two and a half hour drive to go there and then two and a half to come back. And in the wintertime, that shit turned into like a 10-hour round trip. So I was always, you know, doing something. Um, so I just I just kept doing me. Um, and it ended up slowly, very quickly, actually. Um, I got no complaints. There was no, why is Sergeant Weaver not making his TCs? Why is Staff Sergeant Weaver not making his TCs? It was to the point where it's like everyone else in the office is like, you know, why aren't they making their, t- you know, not really their TCs, but why aren't they getting their appointments? Why aren't they, why aren't they getting workers? And that's when I, you know, stepped in and tried to, to help. Um, I mean, there, there was a time, um, uh, that our, my office was gapped two sectors. And, um, man, I, I tell you, I was freaking running around like a freaking chicken with my head cut off because I took over those two sectors and, uh, as a recruiter. Yeah. So, and if you, if you ever look at, uh, the RS Sacramento, like, uh, AO and you look at Reno's AO, you will see that Reno's AO is almost half the size of the entire Sacramento AO. Yeah, the other cities are more populated. That just means for us, we got to drive a shit ton more. So, so yeah, I, I didn't change how I, I did things. I just continued my hustle. And so, um, what was your hustle? Yeah, so at my at my most prime, you know, um, productivity, I guess you could say, uh, my hustle, like I was saying, is you know, I get there in the morning, take care of any admin I need to do. Like when I say that, I mean like all the, the birth there and all these other like uh, state offices would, would uh, uh, open at like at eight, you know, eight thirty. So at that time I would just knock that out, you know, send a fax. I knew I'd get it at the end of the day or something, um, send out an email. I knew you'd get it at the end of the day, you know, so they can have it on their pocket and I know I'd get it at some point uh, from there. Shortly after I would just go to the school. Like yeah, lunch isn't for another hour, but, I'm just going to go. I, I normally, and this is the, the guy that, you know, if, if he freaking watches this, the guy that replaced me, I introduced him to all my connections at every one of my schools. So I would go, just chat it up with one of those connections and ask him how everything's going, ask him if they can, you know, hook me up with anything. Like one of them gave me like a freaking stack of ASVAB freaking uh, test scores, you know, um, and uh, just do that for a little bit until lunch started. And then from there, I would get my pulleys with me. We would go. Um, talk to other kids, their friends, and then toward the end of lunch, and this is like for all those recruiters out there, this is like what I freaking did to make me successful as hell. During lunch, I would go to the freaking history teacher or go to the freaking English teacher 
because those are the two freaking core subjects that more often than not, when you go to a senior class, there's only freaking seniors in it. You know, there's, I mean, unless you have a super advanced junior, you know, they would be in the senior English class, but more often than that, it's, it's all seniors. So I'd go in there, talk to a teacher, and, you know, these teachers do a lot for the freaking, for, they deal with a lot too. Like being a high school teacher, that's freaking, I don't, I don't think I could do that. But I would just talk to them, build rapport, do, the, you know, the thing that we're taught. And then just, you know, you know, the give, give, take, right? You, you talk to them, ask them if they want any help, ask them if they want like a freaking go there with a gift card, go there with something just to not feel, not act, come off like you're just freaking trying to take crap from them. Yeah. And then you go in with the freaking, how would you like it if I freaking did a talk in your class? You know, how would you like it if you just, you know, went to the break room, graded some assignments for a day and I'll just take the period and, you know, just talk about the Marines, you know, not very, you know, not very many kids are going to join, but it's an option for them. You know, if you'd be okay with it, you know, just give your spiel nicely. And if you freaking sink it in, that English teacher more than likely knows the other freaking senior or English teacher and just start creeping in like that, start infiltrating like that. And that is what freaking helped me. I was talking to, man, I would go through freaking two weeks straight talking to like freaking 300 seniors. And now you have a freaking warm lead because it's a freaking survey that they filled out with their number. And I kind of make the questions in a way where you can basically have them pack themselves out, pack themselves out. And you take that fat stack to your freaking office. Then you freaking go. Make five TCs in a day, make two appointments. Your boss gets mad at you because you made five TCs and you know you're going to write freaking four bones that month. You know, and that, that's how that's how I did it. And then from there, that kid that you enlist knows a friend and that friend knows a friend. And you tell them, hey, man, you get one to join under you. I'll get you the second one. You'll be promoted and we can go on to your friend, too, to help them out. And boom, 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 boom. And that's how I started doing my thing. And not to mention your freaking uh, your EPPCs, your OT. That's just more sprinkles on top. And that is, I would say, in a nutshell, how I freaking wrote, like I said, five fives, a six, a eight, fours, like, and never once wrote a zero. Is because of that, finding your own hustle, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, and never stopping. I made that mistake one time, uh, where like I was telling you, you know, I wrote that four my second month there. I was like, hell yeah, I'm freaking good. And then I wrote a three, and I was like, man, I'm freaking good. And then I wrote a one. And barely. And I wrote a one again. And that was barely two. And I was like, why is this happening? It's because I let off that pedal. You know? So I freaking slammed back on it, wrote a six the next month, and just continued on being consistent from there. So. So now, one of the things I want to ask is definitely, from what I'm hearing, is that a lot of it had to do with the pool, the care, and the follow-up process. Because a lot of times we don't get the referrals because we don't have relationships with the kids. Yeah. We either we, we kiss and ship them, we promise them we're going to do this, this, and the third. We don't have good pool care, so we don't get good pool referrals. We And we don't look at the pool referral. We don't look at all the other things that are supposed to aid in the recruiting process. So what, what advice would you have for that? What would advice would you have for that? that pool care um, and getting those pool referrals and, and even those, um, 
those command recruiting referrals. Yeah. Um, so first thing I would say is don't enlist and forget your kids. Like that is the most selfish thing that anyone can do. Right. Uh, Cause in my opinion, like I, I know I'll like I recruited a lot of kids, but I still remember every single one of them. I remember every single one of them. Like my first one, James Kelly. I remember him. Fucking his middle name was Thor. I thought that was kind of weird, but you know, I remember the first contract, infantry. You know, that's what he wanted. Broke his ankle, like in freaking ITB, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, treat them as if they're your junior Marines, because maybe they might be. You know, um, have uh, I mean, pool care is the name, but have genuine care for this human that's life you're about to change, right? Um, don't enlist them and then forget because you, in the back of your mind, you know you got to write the next one, right? But there's enough time in the world to freaking put time to give attention to that pool, the pool league, because you never know. If you just freaking enlist them and forget about them and then like a week goes by and you haven't talked to them, they're probably going to have some like like the buyer, buyer's remorse, like, what the hell did I do? Like, I just enlisted and then he doesn't talk to me anymore, you know? So care about your pulleys. Have a appropriate professional relationship with them, and they will take care of you. It's a BLT. Believe, like, trust, right? Have your, your freaking pulleys believe you when you talk? Because they will catch it real quick if they, you know, sense that you're blowing smoke up their ass. You know, the light part, you go light on, light on that if you if you need to. You don't need to have them like you, but trust is the most important thing. If they trust you, they will help you, right? So that's what I was. That's what I would do. As soon as they enlisted, you know, we have this thing where I mean, we have a two and a half hour drive back. So I would try my best. If it's my kid that just joined, I would try and be the one to pick him up. That's thought, you know, two and a half hour, two and a half hour drive back. I could talk to them, you know, and uh, talk to them about what's the next steps, and then they're at the next PT. You know, if you if you have the time, go meet their family. Sometimes a family will come pick them up, explain to them, you know, what is going to happen now. And then when you go to the school, if they're senior, go freaking say what's up. You know, if you if you have enough pool in the school, pull them out of class if it's okay, and be like, hey man, is everything okay? Is everything cool? You know, bring them lunch. Like, do the the normal things you would do for a little freaking brother or little sister. Um, if they're like a grad and you know they work at some like convenience store or something, go by and swing, swing by and be like, hey man, hey, what's going on? You know, I'm just looking for other guys like you. <laughs> you know, you got anybody? And just fucking you know do that. And they'll see like he's a marine, but he's human. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then that's where that BLT comes in. That's how. That's how they honestly were giving me re- referrals and and helping me out build my uh, platoon. <laughs> yeah. So what um, what is what did all what did all that cost you? Like with you writing fives, sixes, sevens, eights, um, I, I can only imagine that meant that you weren't home for your wife. Or were you? Like, how did you, how are you balancing life outside of RSS? Um, I would say I balanced it probably as best as I could. Um, you know, in, on recruiting, you, you naturally work long nights. But honestly, I would say that I, I did not get off many nights later than a lot of my 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 fellow recruiters in the office, a lot of times we got off at the same time. You know, I was just good at doing recruiting. So I could make the time that we had 
effective. You know, the freaking 12, 14 hours we were there, uh, it was effective with it with that time. So when freaking 20, 100, 20, 30 came around and we were chopping off, we were all leaving at the same time. There would be some nights where some parents work at a warehouse and they get off at 9 p.m. and I got to go do PC with them and not get home till 11. You know, there's some nights like that. But um, my wife being as independent as she, she is and being able to basically just hold the fort down at the house and, you know, it kind of just made the foundation for me to just be able to do whatever I want, you know, even now. Like being a division chief where I'm at right now, um, you know, these Marines, we get, we got to deal with everything that they're going through. And again, still uh, my wife freaking takes everything, takes care of everything at the home, at the house. And it allows me to be able to take care of the Marines at the shop. Um, and, you know, well, sometimes I honestly don't even feel like sometimes I can have my own problems <laughs> because I just got to be taking care of a lot of other things, you know, but um, I would say, I say we, I would say we handled it well. I mean, the cost that came with recruiting duty, it just come, you're going to lose time because of the hours of how it is. Um, but I would just say it cost me, like, a, intangibly, just it did, you know, stress me a little bit. It did, you know, give some anxiety a little bit just because of, like, getting that freaking phone call in the middle of the night. Like, oh, man, when I freaking had my, my second son born, right, um, I had I was like three months away from being off the duty, but I was like this is like one of my last contracts I was gonna enlist. The day my son was born, the freaking day, the guy I was supposed to have on deck because my son was born five weeks early, unexpected, and this kid is supposed to be on deck the next day, and it was the next day, and he calls me and he says, "I'm super nervous. I don't know if I can do this." <laughs> but I'm like, "What the hell?" And my my son was just born. <laughs> my son was just born. I'm right there in the hospital, and. Um, uh, my son, they were, like, taking him back. I think they were, like, you know, I don't know, uh, checking his vitals and stuff before they brought him back in. And I was, like, you know, it's, like, man. And one, one part of me wants to be, like, I don't got time for this. You know, I'm sorry, man. You know, you just got to worry about this later. Sorry. But then the other, like, I don't know what it is. I was just, like, I can't do that. So I told my wife, I'm, like, you won't believe this, but this kid is, like, freaking questioning this right now. I got to talk to him. I just got to talk to him. So I talked to them, talked to the kid, you know, he's like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm so nervous, you know, my back hurts. Are they going to find that out? And then I was like, dude, like we talked about this already. Like you didn't go to, you didn't like go to the hospital. You just sprained it when you're deadlifting. Like, like, do you feel like you're going to like, they're going to have you duck walk. Can you duck walk? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's fine. You're going to be okay. You're overthinking this. And he was, he was overthinking the crap out of it. He was thinking it was some crazy elaborate, like freaking, Marsoc PT that he was going to do to join the Marines. And I'm like, dude, these kids you're going to see, probably can't even do half the shit that you're going to go do. Because he was a baseball player. He was in shape. And he was like, oh, thank you. Sorry, Staff Sergeant Weaver. You just made me feel you made me feel better about this. I was overthinking it, sir. And contract that freaking day. You know? So, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, you know, I understand. I mean, I just want them to feel you know, good about what they're doing, you know, understand that there's something good and the, you know, don't overthink things. So, um, there's, you know, when, it, when you say, you know, what did it cost? I mean, they can, you can, you can honestly say that it, it costs a little bit of everything to make what I did possible. So, yeah, but it sounds like you had a good balance and it sounds like you had a good spouse to help you balance it. And, but, but it's also the, the, the just the mindset that you took going on it. You know, is that you you worked through it, you figured it out, and you made it work. 
And, and that's why I try to always kind of say that, like, listen, again, I'm never going to say that recruiting duty is all sunshine and rainbows. I'm not going to say that because we would know that's a lie. But the amount of time that you put into the negativity, it creates negativity that you're breeding off. So if if I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is say, wow, today is going to suck. Day is going to suck. And I'm on my 30-minute drive into the office. And then I get to the office, and then I slowly put on my uniform. And then as I'm putting on my uniform, I say, today is going to suck. Today is going to suck. And then I finally put the uniform on. And then I go to make the first TC, and I get hung up on. I'm going to say, wow, today is going to suck. And I keep saying that. Then, of course, it's going to suck. But if if you know it's going to suck, but you put in every single available effort for it to be the best version of the day that it can be, then it's going to suck a little less. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the guys in my office, man, you, if you talk to any one of them, you got to make the best of where you're at, right? I would make like 10 TCs, wonder why I'm doing this, and I'll just get up, go over there and tackle one of them, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Just do something just to lighten the mood. You know, everyone's like making phone calls and it's like everyone's just like quiet and it just was depressing. And I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. I would go over there and just start like punching one of them, you know, fake punching just to rile them up a little bit and, uh, you know, just lift their spirits because it like was down, you know? Yeah. There's no Marines out there. They're just super. And I just I hate I hate that Marines do this. That they just make a shitty situation shittier because the fact that it's shitty. Like, we get it. You know, it's recruiting duty. You know, it's the field. It's, you know, we're on a working party, whatever. It's shitty. Why are you going to point out the fact that it's crappy and we're going to get, we got to go through this crappy time? Like, how about we just get together, work hard together, make the mission, and get on with our lives? You know, we can make mission by mission day or earlier, and we can freaking get off early on Friday. Stop making excuses, man. Like, and I think a part of it too is that Marines forget that they're Marines. Yeah. I think that we, when we're wearing this uniform, when it comes to Deltas and it comes to being in a recruiting office, I think it becomes very easy to forget the adapt and overcome mentality uh, because now it's results driven. So now it's like, oh, well, I tried. I made the phone calls that this didn't work out. And I think that it becomes, and and then you're in an office like you're saying, where everyone's like the days of cool. They're calm. They're you're like they're not really, in, you know, they're not acting like Marines no more. So I think, and that's why it sucks on recruiting duty, because a lot of I'm echoing again. So a lot of these RSs, you know, you don't do anything Marine Corps related. You go, you do one ball, and that's it. You do one ball. And, yo, I think that worked, actually. Um, you do one ball, and you just lose a lot of time because you don't do anything Marine Corps related. It's like, hey, I want you to act like Marines, but we don't do anything that has to do with the Marine Corps. It's like, bro, why doesn't everybody – like, I remember my unit. They said, we don't have any money. They said, we, we're broke. We have no money. The next month, our sergeant major – paid for an $18,000 gym in headquarters 
when we had one on base that was a three-minute drive. But you just said we had no money. But you just paid 18 grand for a gym so that you could walk down the hall, even though you already had a full gym on base with a sauna, a pool, CrossFit gym, and everything. And the reason why I bring that up is because that money could have been allocated to Marines going away on a retreat, to Marines going away on something. It's like, bro, you got Marines writing fives? Send that Marine and his wife on a vacation for the weekend, bro. Like, that will literally show the RS. That will show every other Marine, like, yo, this dude got a free vacation for writing five? Sir, I got you. But when a Marine can't even get a NAM for writing fives, not one, but multiple, then again, like you said, we don't do it for the awards. But if there's no... If there's no rhyme or reason, then other Marines don't want to do it because they don't have your tenacity. They don't have your work ethic. They don't have that hustle. So other Marines are going to say, oh, why am I going to do all that for nothing? So what I'm trying to say is that if we have the money, why not have mess nights? Instead of sending 8412s to these these illustrious freaking, you know, conferences, like it's so like think about how these Marines feel. When these 8412s go away to these training conferences, they train for two to three hours and then spend the rest of the night at the bar in the casino, and then these Marines are back at the office making mission, that makes these Marines feel like shit because they're the ones that are making the mission. They're the ones that are working every single day. And then when they say, hey, can we do something for us? You say, oh, well, funds are tight. Yeah, no, that's uh, you know that that would that would always like uh, get on my nerves a little bit. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, yeah, that would always uh, that would irk me. Um, because, I mean, you hit you hit it right on the nail. Like the day four tells would go, and it would be like an illustrious like trip like I was, it sounded so like nice like when uh, my old seven so i see would tell me he's like yeah we're going here for the week and i'm like man sounds like a freaking vacation <laughs> you know um but the, the fact that you mentioned the send that marine that wrote a five on a freaking retreat for a weekend god i can't even tell you how much morale that would boost you know how much hours and time goes into a marine writing five contracts in a month like, people that don't do it and have never done it won't know. People that wrote a three, and that was, like, the most they've ever done, and they fucking felt good about it, they know, like, how much it would have freaking, much more would have taken to freaking write a five. And if you could do that for the Marine, I guarantee you that they will freaking, you know, hook you back up in, on the back end with more contracts. Right? Yeah. You know, Bro, the I, argument... The, I, uh... the, the, the well, real quick, but the argument might be is like, well, if he misses two days, he's not going to be able to catch up for writing the five. He's going to write a zero next month. Like, come on, man. You know the business is 30, 60, 90 days. They got something in the works. Give the Marine the time off, you know? Bro, I, I had, you know, when I when I started off at my, you know, I've told this before, but, you know, I, I had that happen. I had these, these Marines, they were missing missions seven months straight. And they were working from zero four in the morning until twelve or one o'clock in the morning. And um, so when I checked into the office, the first thing I said was, "Hey, listen, if if, if y'all write me a four, I'll give you a week off." 
my boy, who never wrote a four in his life, ended up writing six fours before he EASed. And it literally was because as soon as I told him, I will give you a week off, I told his wife too, his wife started hounding him. Whenever he would, whenever she would see him on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever, she'd call him, get off right now. You need to find your four so we can go see my family for a week. And it now she had a buy-in. His kids had a buy-in. He had a buy-in. And but at the end of the day, like you just said, with the whole numbers game, you know, that's the reality of it. If this Marine is putting in the time to write, like as I wrote four, I wrote eight fours. So I know, just like you know, that writing four takes the bro, that takes so much out of you. Like the amount of people that the parents that you got to sit down with, the amount of influences you got to talk to, the amount of paperwork that you got to go find, the the amount of kids that sometimes you almost lost that you got to reget, you got to get them back. Like there's so much work that goes into that four, that getting that four, sometimes that five, that six. If you said to a marine, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you four days off, five days off, just the weekend off. I'm gonna give you the weekend off with you and your family. Uh, that would change their lives. And the reason why I say that is because I remember when I was on the duty, we used to get these mass emails from like from district about like family retreats and everyone in the office would laugh and be like, yeah, because the CEO is going to give me five days to go on a retreat in Maryland. Like, yeah, OK. And, and that's the thing is that like we, we talk about these things. But if you really gave these Marines those opportunities then these Marines would want to do that for you. But when these Marines are working their asses off and they're slaving their asses off and the whole command is out at Atlantic City for five days and you can't even get a hold of your staff in CYC because he's drunk until 12 a.m., like it, the reality of it is is that, bro, that fucks with the Marines' morale because they're like, bro, I'm the one out here grinding every single day and I don't even get a pat on the back. I get a I get an LOA. Whoa, I got an LOA. Whoa, I got a certificate. I got a CERCOM. Ah! And it, it's like, bro, like, I guarantee you, if you told any Marine, hey, I'm not going to give you awards. I'm just going to give you time off. The duty would be a light to flip of a switch. Marines would be like, wait a minute. You're telling me if I write two by the first week of the month, I can have every weekend off? Like, those are conversations that need to be had. Like, hey, listen, if every Marine in the RSS writes two by the first week of the month, you're guaranteed weeks off the whole month. Like, yeah. some of those things got to happen. Yeah. And um, that's with um, – so my, my, my buddy, actually, he uh, he took over the station that I came from uh, recently. And uh, from what, what he's been telling me and from what I'm hearing is – He's uh he's definitely incentivized hard work um, because um, the guy that replaced me, the Marine that replaced me, he's, he's doing, he's doing pretty well. You know, he's starting to build his own wall like, like I did, you know, probably never get as big as mine, but um, you know, he's, he's, he's freaking hustling, which is great. And uh, he's telling me like, Hey, you know, like I, I tell this guy, he did this, this, and this, I, it's not right to keep him there. I tell him go home. The ones that aren't doing their part, stay, you know, like you can only do the argument so long that that Marine is trying to the point where it's like they're not trying, you know, so you got to stay there. You got to do your part. 
It makes no one else in the office feel good when they're writing their share and you're getting the same time off. You're there with getting the same award with your name etched in it, but you didn't do anything, you know? And it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't know how you can be okay with doing that, especially because the way I saw it is like, if I slip up, if I write a zero or one, if I don't do my part and I do as little of what I think I could do, like not as much as I think I can do, I'm screwing these other guys over, you know? Um, and then, yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. I just, I'm very adamant about the people that don't pull their way just kind of triggers me. So, yeah. Bro. And, and that's something like with me, like <clears throat> talking about that is, is that's the thing is that like something's got to be done. And the problem is, is nothing gets done. Nothing gets done about those guys that do nothing. Right. The and the thing is, is that we talk about RFC and we talk about you know getting those Marines out or whatever, and it, it's like, well, bro, like the, these do a lot of them. A lot of the reasons why we have these problems in these RSSs is because of the lack of work ethic, and not everyone's gonna have you know a hustle. Not everyone's gonna have a grind, and and that's why I'm I'm always telling people like, listen, bro, you're a you're a damn Marine. If you were out in the Fleet Marine Forces. And you were even a Lance Corporal, and there was a Lance Corporal who was not pulling his slack. What would you all do? Y'all would all come up to him and be like, hey, motherfucker, we have extra duty because of you. In boot camp, what happened? In, you know, in, in, in MOS school or whatever, if there was that one Marine who was effing everybody up, like y'all were having conversations with him. Why does that stop on recruiting duty? Like, all of a sudden, you're still boys. Like, you're boys with the dude in the office who writes zeros every month. Like, no. Like, I'm like, yo, you know what, bro? I'm not going to speak to you. When I come in the office, I'm not even going to say good morning to you, bro. Because you are literally the reason why I'm not going home to my family. Now, I'm not saying ostracize the person. But at the end of the day, bro, if you're putting in the training, if you're trying to help him out, the staff and SOS is trying to help him out, if everybody's trying to help this dude out, and that's the dude that's keeping you from going home to your family, bro, have a good rest of the day. But that's the other problem with this, with the staff and CUIC. You're keeping these Marines, like my, my old boss, my old boss, he would keep us at the office for no reason. It was like, bro, like it's 8, 30, 9 o'clock. We already, I already have my two for the month. I've got two going on deck. And you want to keep me here until 11 o'clock at night just because you have no one to go home to. It's like, bro, let these Marines go home. Let them recoup. Let them come back tomorrow. And I was talking to RSCO today who who, who actually reached out, reached out to me, found out that he actually, you know, tells his Marines to listen to the podcast. I was blown away by that. I was like, wow, that's sick. And And he said it himself. He was like, listen, man, he was like, I really try hard to tell my staff and COICs. That if your Marines are in the office past 1930, 2000, there's something wrong with your leadership. There's an issue here. And I'm holding that staff and CIC accountable. And that's a big part of it is that a lot of times Marines as a whole aren't being held accountable. And and that's why we just got to be like, listen, bro, if you're not doing your job, like you're hurting the other person. And listen, if you're listening to this and you're the guy that's less than substandard. Listen, I'm not even I'm not even asking you to be more than substandard. I'm just asking you to be substandard, dog. 
Like, that's all I want from you. Like, just be substandard, bro. Like, that's it. Just be a, be a polished turd. It's okay. Like, and, and that's the thing about it, man, is that, like, if you just tried enough, and, and that your Marines in the office would see that, because maybe you're not the best, but at least if you're doing everything you can to do your part, that's what we need you to do. But it's effed up. To me, it's so effed up when you see a Marine who does nothing but then he'll call you his boy. He'll come in the office. He'll dab you up. He'll say, yo, what's good, son? He'll say hi to your family. He'll say hi to your wife. But yet, this dude's not writing contracts. And he'll say he's he's your brother. Yeah, no, I, I, I man, I agree. You know, because um, it almost feels like, you know, you're doing his work and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's anticipated it's just like, oh, I ain't got to do anything next month because I know it's going to get done somehow by these guys, you know? And that's the shittiest feeling. Like, you know, when you get that feeling in your stomach when you see someone, like, taking something that isn't theirs, you know? It's like robbing you of your hard work. That That's a crappy feeling, you know? And I get, like, the, like there's training. There's things in place to help these Marines. But then there's some that are just, like, just don't care. They just don't care. You know, and it's like, why are you here? You know, we are here. We all have the same mentality. We're all the same wavelength, except you. Can you just try? You know, and day and day and day, there's, you know, like you said, you know, acting like you're your homie and shit. And it's like, dude, make TCs. Go to your school. Bring something in. OT is not freaking going to be your contract every month. You know, like. Come on, man. Like, I hate to be the person to say, hey, man, you know, because I, I would not want it done to me. I would not want someone to be like, hey, if I can do what I did, then you could definitely do what you did, right? Like, I don't want to be that person. But come on. Like you said, be. I want you to be just more than substandard. That's it. It's not that hard. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm, like, the best recruiter ever, right? <laughs> but if you put me in any AO, I am very confident that I can get one a month and maybe two every once in a while. It's not that hard, you know. Some Marines make excuses after excuses, and you try to say, hey, man, what about this? Is that an excuse? And what, what, well, how about this? How come you do this? Then an excuse. It's like no one else in this office has excuses. There's freaking four other or five other Marines in here. Why is it always you? You just help, you know. No, yeah, man, and it's and the thing too is with, with, with in regards to that is that when you were talking about the like taking you know I'm doing all this work and you're not doing nothing like bro you're getting paid good money to not do nothing and it's like bro and, and it's like ah but the but the thing is is that like you know and the thing that bothers me so much when I see those Marines who refuse to just do their job is that. I've seen Marines have strokes on this duty. Like one of my buddy that I talk to talk about all the time, my buddy, this dude had stroke. A week later, I think less than a week later, even with a speech, because he for he had after the stroke, he had an issue with speech. He would be on the phone and he would he would go he would go his mouth would get stuck. He would get, he started to have anxiety attacks, 
panic attacks. And that Marine still pushed forward every single day. Like that Marine sat there with a stress ball and still made phone calls. And now some people listening to this and they're like, bro, that dude didn't care about his mental health, the, the Marine Corps, da, 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 all that. No. That Marine said, I volunteered to come on this duty. I've never quit in my life. The only way I'm leaving this duty is by completing it. And and if someone like that can do it, then why can't you? You know, someone like my boy Arana, who literally has the thickest Mexican accent from freaking L.A., who you cannot understand, never wrote a zero. Why? Because when you asked Arana, what are you going to do today? He would say, I'm going to take over the world, Pinky. And the same thing I do every day, Pinky. Like, that was his thing. When you asked Arana, why don't you fail? He would say, because sergeants don't fail. Marines don't fail. And that was his mantra. That was his mentality. And, and that's the thing about it is that I've met so many Marines that your first look at them would be like, bro, you're trash. Like, you would think immediately there's no way this dude could be a good recruiter and he's out there killing it. And the reason why is that the language barrier didn't matter. The, you know, second language didn't matter. None of those things mattered because failing was never an option to them. Failing their family, failing their children, failing themselves, you know, failing the Marine, the Marine Corps, excuse me. Those were never opportunities for them. It was never in their cards. And, and that's what I'm trying to say is that, like, you know, do I believe that everyone's skill set is different? Of course. Not everybody can be a centurion. Do I believe that, you know, AOs play into it? Of course. I'm not saying that. There's a lot of things that play into everything. But I firmly believe with the proper training and the, and the give a fuck attitude, you can be, you can write one or two a month. And it's and the reason why we're even on this topic of discussion is because of, there's Marines out there that suffer because you didn't like you shouldn't have to write a five. Like I never understood this till I wrote eight fours. But my gunny after my second four, my gunny was like, bro, you're only writing fours because the rest of the team is trash. Like and I was like, you know, you're not wrong. Like I shouldn't. No one should have to write a four, a five, a seven, an eight. Those things shouldn't exist. Because everybody in the office should be able to maintain and be able to just work towards one another and work towards a common goal. And and I don't know what your thoughts on this are, Gunny. But for me, I think a lot of it is that you have disgruntled Marines that don't believe in the Marine Corps ethos anymore. They They come out here. They're jaded. They're, you know, the Marine Corps is not what their recruiter told them, and they've been sold this ba this bag of goods. So now, the, in their head, they don't believe in the Marine Corps anymore. So now, it's hard for them to be a well, say a salesman. It's hard for them to be a salesman of the Marine Corps because they no longer believe in the product. What what's your what's your thoughts on that? So, um, you know. I know we're having a retention issue, <laughs> but my my thing is is if 
you don't believe in the Marine Corps anymore, why are you still in it? You know, are you still in it to collect a paycheck? Are you still in it because you don't think you'll make it in the civilian world, which is most likely the case? You know, are you still in it because you got like five, six years left until you can retire? Like, why are you still in the Marine Corps? Like, I've heard Marines say they don't believe it anymore. That hurts. That hurts me. Someone that really freaking is grateful about the Marine Corps, you know, because the empire I'm building right now with my family and everything I have is because of the Marine Corps. I am grateful for what this organization has done for me and continues to do for me. And for someone to tell me that they lost faith in it or they don't believe in it anymore, like, what are you seeing in the Marine Corps? Why are you staying in? You know, like the Marine Corps, you've probably heard this before, the Marine Corps sold itself, you know. It just takes the recruiter, the Marine, to just put the cherry on top, to cap it off. And honestly, that last bit of what it takes to have a kid want to join the Marine Corps is the Marine themselves. They see the commercials, they see the posters, they see what we do, they see the uniforms, and then they see you. The person that's supposed to be the freaking focal point, the, the you know, um, the freaking pathway to join the Marine. And if, if that's dead, if that end is dead, or if there's like a fault there, the connection is never going to be made. That person's never going to want to join. And that's why that person sucks. That's why they can't talk to anyone on the phone about it. That's why they can't have an interview properly about the Marine Corps because they don't believe in it. It's like me trying to sell, I don't know, cars, you know, like Priuses. I don't like Priuses. You know, I know it's a dumb example, but. You know, it's like, yeah, buy this Prius because it, it looks cool. Yeah, no, right? Um, so my take in it, honestly, is if you really have lost faith in the Marine Corps and you got histed and you know you're coming on this duty, really question if you think you should come out here because you're going to have a very miserable three years. And it's not because you can't recruit. It's probably because the other Marines in that office – are probably just trying to get through that duty and continue on with their career instead of hearing you complain about how you don't like the Marine Corps anymore and you lost faith in it. Like, come on, man, life goes on. Why are you, why are you here? Why are you in the Marine Corps? Right. And for all the Marines that are grateful for what the Marine Corps has given them, the one that's complaining about it should probably take a step back and look at what it's done for them. Cause more than likely that person has a family person has a, uh, if not a family, they probably have a house, a car, you know, and it was all because of the Marine Corps, you know, a lot of Marines, you know, and I know, you know, people watch this and a lot of Marines really think they're going to get out and make six figures. But let's be honest, how many Marines get out and make six figures? Not very many, you know, the Marine Corps is a freaking secure, secure organization meant to take care of you. Be grateful for it. The Marine Corps has given you everything you've, you've got to this point. Uh, just give back on the SDA, you know, with drill instructor, recruiter, whatever, MSG, and you will get given back again. It's three years compared to the 17 that Marine most likely will serve, you know. And I guarantee you that when you come back from recruiting duty, life will be easier <laughs> because it doesn't get much worse than that, you know. So that's my take on it. You know, coming from someone that's passionate about the Marine Corps, that's how I feel, man. I mean, if you don't like it, maybe it's time to hang it up. Yeah, um, but I, I also want to point out, though, with that same conversation, a lot of Marines, you know, 
they become that disgruntled person on the duty because of the hours and because of the hey I'm working all day and I'm talking about the real the real guy out there who's really humping who's really pushing and they're like bro no matter what I do I still got to be here till tomorrow no matter what I do and I'm gonna be real that, that for a long time that was me like for a long time I was like bro like no matter what I do whether I write a four or not I'm still at the office till 10 or 11 o'clock but I still continued to push and I still continued to do it so you know for me the fact of reality was just like I'm gonna be here regardless, so I'm gonna work further and harder. And a lot of people they they just see that differently, and then they become lackadaisical, and they're like, "Oh well, if I'm gonna be here all day, then I might as well just do nothing." And you know, I'm gonna leave here with the same ribbon as that guy. And and you know, so I, I think that it's all really just a lot of it is just you got to do what you can. And listen, if you're at the office for no reason, and this is why people piss me off, if you're at the office for no reason, bro, you're you, as a Marine from the earliest rank of private, you are charged with telling, like, with, with leadership. If you see something wrong, say something. If you, if you have Marines at the office till 21, 2200, Bro, tell talk to somebody. Be like, yo, Gunny, with all due respect, I'm going home. Like, I'm not telling you to go UA. I'm not none, none of that. But I'm I'm just saying, like, as an office, or you know, go to the RI, go to the ARI, go to like especially if y'all are making mission. I, I think the number one thing that pains me is when I hear about Marines that are making mission and they're still working Saturdays and Sundays. It's like, wait a minute, what are we doing? Like if you're if you're making mission, then why are we still doing this? I get it, you know the RS is hurting, but at the end of the day, if you're if you're continuing to punish an RS an RSS for the failures of another RSS, then eventually that RSS is going to get burnt out and they're going to fail too. And you know, and you got to be able to give that time back to them and to their families. Like most importantly, that's something that we really don't talk about. Um, and that's just kind of like the last thing I want to talk about because we've been going for an hour and a half right now. Um, you know, the time that the families lose. Yes, it's and a hundred percent. I agree. It's just a, hey, it's just three years. But bro, that's three years of your child's life that you weren't there for because of these working hours. And that's why if you're a CEO, a sergeant major, an RI listening, like you got to think about that. Like, don't think about the Marine. Think about that son or daughter who's going to lose out on three years without their son, without their father or without their mother. Like give that time, give those spouses and those children time back. Like even if it's just one day, even if it's just like, hey, you know what, man, you killed it today. Go home. Hey, man. And and that's something that the staff and CRC needs to do. And that's something that I ask. Like another thing, too, man, is just that RSCO, man. Like, yo, that RSCO needs to give the power back to the staff NCO. Like, you need to be able to allow a staff NCO I see to run his RSS the way that he needs to run it so that he can have a good fighting team. Because if you tell all these Marines, hey, you're working till this time, then the, the RS, that RSS staff NCO I see, that station commander, he doesn't even feel like it's his. So he doesn't care about running it because he doesn't even feel like it's his own home. You gotta give that. You gotta give the keys to that office to that staff at CUIC, to that station commander, and let him run his shit the way he gotta run it. And then when he's not running it the way he has to run it, that's when you're like, "Hey, motherfucker, what are you doing?" 
but you got to give this you got to give the 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 keys back to the boss that's my thought process what's your what's your thoughts on that no so um i i agree with that our uh so my old ceo the ceo that's uh um before i left he was all about uh, giving that family time, you know, giving that family time to those Marines, you know, every holiday that came up, uh, he was very adamant about making sure that we, if we were where we needed to be, and even some stations that weren't, that we took that time off because um, I'm a big believer in in having time off with family. Um, you can ask my, my buddies in recruiting duty. Um, my freaking old 7 so I see was a 12. He was a 12 since 2007, and he said, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the Marine. He's a Marine. Uh, I've taken the most leave on the duty that he's seen ever. Cause I took like over 30 days of leave while I was on recruiting duty. You know, like I, I didn't stop taking leave. Like I normally would on the fleet. You know, that time off is like a reset. You know, Marines need that. Marines need to have that, you know, regenerated feeling in their head. Like, okay. All right. Oh, let me just keep my mind away from that. You know, Make sure you tell your pulleys, because some Marines wouldn't even do this. I tell my pulleys when I'm going on leave, you know, kind of like Marines, right? I tell them, hey, I'm going to be gone from this day to this day. If you need anything, talk to this recruiter. If it's an absolute emergency, contact me directly, you know? And that's how I would play it with them. You know, you still got to take care of them. And, um, and yeah, I would take time off. It would be a good, you know, uh, reset, and then I would go back to it. So, for any, like, RSCOs out there coming from someone, you know, that did as well as I did, I would say give your Marines the time they deserve. If they're at a four, a five, give them a freaking 72, you know? I know, like, the NAM, whatever, you know, they, they whatever, they don't need that. Just give them a 72, you know? Tell them, leave your gun phone at the office, take a 72, come back, and do that shit again next month, right? Um, give the seven, seven twice the power that they they should have to run that station, and once they give you a reason not to have that power, then slowly take it back and then give it as as needed. You know, um, this is exactly what I'm doing with my freaking NCOs in my in my shop. You know, I, I entrust them a lot. I tell them, you know, my sergeants and corporals, I trust them with a lot because I'm not going to be the gunny that's going to micromanage them. Nope. The moment you guys give me a reason and excuse that I need to get involved and start taking charge of the shit that I told you to do, I'll do it. And then I'll slowly give it back. You know, we're all grown men and women in this Marine Corps. So we know what we got to do. Give them the time. Give them the, the power they deserve. And if they give you a reason to not get it, then get in there, adjust, and go from there. So that's me. That, that's, how I, that's how I think about it. You know, we're all grown men. Be mature about it. And, uh, yeah. So. All right. So, um, so just last thoughts. Um, what advice would you give for anybody that's on their on their way to BRC, on their way to the duty, mentally, physically? How could they prepare? I know the answer really is, bro. You can't prepare for something like recruiting duty. Um, but what advice do you give them? Um, and then, as far as the hustle, the grind. What advice do you have us? What what advice do you have for us? And what last imparting wisdom do you want to give us? And then we'll we'll end it there. It's gonna suck. <laughs> um, now, so 
the advice I would give to the Marine going to BRC. More than likely, they probably heard that it's going to be the worst thing ever, that they're going to not like it, you know. Nah, don't believe that. Yes, it's going to be an adjustment. Yes, it's going to be like a deployment. But it is honestly what you make it. So go to BRC, absorb as much as that communication skill, knowledge that you can. And go to Marine Corps and just be yourself. Have your sense of humor. Show those people out there that you are human that marines can be both human and marines because they think we're like some killing machines and shit like that you know show them that that there is a human side to us and that you have a sense of humor right and then the marine corps like i said will sell itself you just got to be that person in uniform to be the freaking representative of the marine corps and 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 have your sense of humor in it don't be don't be monotone don't be you know uh just very unappetizing, if that makes sense. You know, have a sense of humor, right? Um, and for the Marines that are out there right now, it will come to an end. When I checked in as a freaking freshly promoted sergeant, I was like, man, I dropped off a Marine that was freaking uh, leaving the duty. He was done. He finally finished. He's like, yeah, man, hey, before you know it, it's going to be done. And I was like four months in, and I was like, oh, my God, why are you telling me this right now, man? And, and then, freak, it, it is. I've been in the fleet freaking six months, you know? Before you know it, it'll be gone. What I would say is do the most you can while you're there. The marine, the recruiting duty is a duty where you can honestly exponentially, exponentially freaking catapult yourself in your career. It's like a point where you can, like, spin freaking super fast and come out of it. It's like a wormhole, you know? Come out of it in a different part in your career, honestly, all right? The first NAM, the first Navy Com, I got on recruiting duty. All right, two freaking meritorious promotions. I never would have freaking thought. You go back to freaking 2018. Never would have thought that. All right, it just it is what you make it. I'm not a super stellar MAIT freaking meritorious anything before recruiting duty Marine. I just busted my ass. So just do that for three years, and you'll be surprised at what you can get. And that is my freaking two cents. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gunny. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you, the, the wisdom that you imparted upon us. I appreciate the, the conversation. And um, most importantly, I just uh, I just appreciate the reality of it, you know, and that's why, you know, I try to let people know I don't do scripts. I don't do anything like that because, you know, yes, sometimes my, my we may go back and forth. You know, what I mean, I, I have a little bit of issue with that. But um, but the reason why I do it the way I do it is because it's real, raw, uncut. It's the reality of what recruiting duty is. It's the love, the hate of of it all. And I, I think that what I think that's what makes us good recruiters. Uh, I think that that's what made us great, you know, Marines. And and again, I think the two of us, you know, we believed in and believe in the Marine Corps. We believe in the institution. We believe in the product. And for us, it wasn't selling the Marine Corps. It was just believing in the Marine Corps. If you believe in the Marine Corps and you believe in what you're talking about, people are going to believe in you. You know, like you said, the BLT. But that's the reality of it. If you truly believe in it, and that's why, you know, the last thing I really want to say is just if you're an RSCO or you're a station commander or an RI, you have to give these Marines the time off. 
Because if you don't have time off, you're going to walk around like you have no energy. You're, you haven't seen your kids. You haven't seen your family. You haven't left the office. The last time you left the office, it was nighttime. You leave the you go in the office in the morning. It's night. It, it, the sun's down. You leave the office. The sun's down. You have to give these Marines the reminder that there is life outside of recruiting duty, and that is going to help them have a better attitude towards life, towards the duty, and in turn, it's going to write them more contracts because people are going to see that you can be a Marine and enjoy life. So with that being said, thank you so much for coming on, Gunny. I really, truly appreciate your time, and I cannot wait to do another episode with you. This was a great episode, phenomenal content. And uh, thanks again. Have a good rest of the night and enjoy your family. Adios. All right, man. You too. Thanks.